Hey everyone, welcome to the OMAD Mama podcast. My name is Marty Meshubi, and this is your resource for everything OMAD, intermittent fasting, and health. OMAD stands for one meal a day. It just means that you eat within a one hour period and fast for the remaining 23 hours of the day. There are so many different ways to fast, and we'll talk about those on this podcast. I have learned so much from my own OMAD and intermittent fasting journey, and I wanted to share with as many people as I could, so I decided to start this podcast. I also love talking with others who have incorporated OMAD and fasting in their life's journey, and I'm hoping to share their stories on this podcast as well. I found OMAD and fasting, and it completely reprogrammed my relationship with food while getting me in the best shape of my life. I'll be sharing my journey, advice, recipes, and tips that will keep you successful on your OMAD journey to a stronger and healthier you. This lifestyle has changed my life, so keep listening. It may very well change your life too. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another week. This next guest is a really great one. I'm so glad I was able to get her to come on to the podcast um, for our full series conversations with Marty. She is going to share with us a lot of helpful information on nutrition, wellness, and just living our whole best life. She's got a lot of great um nuggets of information that I think are going to be useful and helpful for all of us along this journey, whether you are doing Whole30, Keto, um, Primal, whatever you're doing, um, her information is going to be useful and helpful for all of us. So sit back, relax, and take a listen. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the OMAD Mama podcast for our fall series, Conversations with Marty. I'm really excited about our our next guest, and I know I say this every week, but I feel like we really do have some awesome guests who come on every week. But our next guest is Marisa Moon. Marisa is a certified primal health coach and an intermittent fasting instructor. She is also the co-host of the Foundation of Wellness podcast, and I've been following her on Instagram for a while now, and I also religiously listen to her podcast, The Foundation of Wellness, <laughs> um, that she co-hosts with Jessica Dogert. And so guys, if you haven't listened to this podcast, I suggest that you run and find it and listen to it. It's really, really good. They've got some really great, easy to understand um, information for your health and your life and just living your best life all all the way around. And I really, really love it. Um, So welcome, Marisa. And thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And thank you for the praise with the podcast. As you know, a lot of effort and time and care goes into making a podcast. And I really appreciate hearing some feedback, especially if it's so nice. Thank you. And so first of all, before we go any further, congratulations on your feature in the premiere issue of the Woman to Woman Northwest Indiana magazine. (laughs) Thank you, guys. For those that who, sure felt good. Yeah, for those who are who don't know, this is this was the premiere issue. I didn't know either until I saw it. Um, I live on the East Coast, mm-hmm. so I had never heard of it. But 
This was the premiere issue of the Women to Women magazine, highlighting women who are doing incredible things all over Indiana and the surrounding region. And Marisa was featured as one of those incredible women. So if you're (laughs) listening in from that region, grab your copy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a free publication, but it's really well done, all color magazine. And I was excited because they wanted me to talk about intermittent fasting. And I was their self-care expert for that issue. And I was surprised, you know, I thought they'd want to talk about nutrition or weight loss or something. And it was really cool. It was good for me to be able to put myself out there like that in my community. That's awesome. And I I really love how you bring so much clarity and simplicity to, to the philosophy of intermittent fasting. And um, that's so great that they, they wanted to highlight that, that aspect of your work. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. So you are a also a certified primal health coach. Can you talk a bit mm-hmm. about what that means and what do you do and how how you incorporate intermittent fasting with that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, primal health coaches specialize as a wellness expert that uses holistic health and ancestral health and mm-hmm. evolutionary biology to to help someone determine what's standing in the way of their goals. And at being a health coach, I often do a lot of life coaching too. It's just really, we need to figure out what are the obstacles in our way of, of living the life that we imagine for ourselves. And for a lot of people, their health is what's holding them back yeah. or their diet is what's holding them back. And I'm just so passionate about nutrition and like whole food type of diets that mimic the ways our ancestors used to eat and the primal diet and the primal blueprint more famously is sort of like a paleo template where we're eating mostly foods that were available to humans throughout history before industrialized agriculture Mm -hmm. or civilization, even before we were staying in one place as civilized beings and farming you know, mass production of food, factories, and things that change the way that we eat entirely. So it really resonated with me. I I was just fascinated by that entire philosophy. And primal is even more inclusive and connected, I think, than the paleo diet is on the surface. And it has like a real root because the creator, Mark Sisson, um, has just built an entire empire and um, structure of of um, frameworks for people to build their their new life off of. If anyone is interested in learning more, The Primal Blueprint is a pretty big undertaking. It's a huge book, but millions of copies have been sold. Mm. If you are into all facets of wellness and would like to learn more about how you can affect your health today on all levels, not just nutrition, that's a great one. But he also wrote The Primal Connection, Mm. which is my favorite book. And it gets a little bit into diet and nutrition, but also about all the other things in our life that really can enrich our experience living here today that maybe is lacking in our modern hectic world. Wow. And uh, much more digestible format. And, And part of my education was intermittent fasting. It's just something that mimics the ways of earlier humans and might be missing today for some people. And I was kind of afraid to explore intermittent fasting. Marty, I was... I love food. I'm a foodie. My whole family is a bunch of foodies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just sounded crazy to me. Like, why would I purposely (laughs) skip a meal? 
So I didn't try it right. I didn't try it um, when I first learned about intermittent fasting, but I was already doing it when I became a health coach because this is only my second year certified as a health coach. But I started as a nutrition blogger, a paleo-ish kind of blogger at mylongevitykitchen.com where I was sharing my journey transitioning to a gluten-free, more nutritious diet because I realized I had non-celiac gluten sensitivity that was causing irritable bowel syndrome and all sorts of, you know, things that I was living with that I was unhappy with, obviously. And that really solved most of my problems going gluten-free. And I don't want to do that either. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it was a game changer. You know, I didn't have to ever look back because all my symptoms were gone. I mean, no more diarrhea trips to the restroom, like unexpectedly or like embarrassing bloating or gas. I'm afraid to even share the experience with my partner or my family because I just felt gross. I mean, a lot of women can probably relate. Who wants to talk about those things? It makes you feel so much less cute or attracted to your partner. And uh, you just feel like there's something wrong with you or you're just gross. And you don't know why. I mean, it's like, the answers usually aren't out there in conventional medicine. So when I found the paleo world, I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm reacting to a food that I am sensitive to. I didn't even think of that. You had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. And so with intermittent fat, I feel like intermittent fasting has done that for me in terms of um, helping me really have control over what I eat, when I eat, how I feel Mm -hmm. after eating, um, and I, I, and I don't, um, do paleo or anything like that, but I, I gravitate more to healthier foods now mm-hmm. and wanting to eat more whole foods. And so have you found that, um, through intermittent fasting with your clients, um, that people are, are, are choosing to eat healthier, even though with intermittent fasting, you can, you know, you hear, you can eat whatever you want and, you know, enjoy whatever you like, but are you seeing that people are gravitating more towards eating more whole foods uh, when they intermittent fast? Well, interestingly enough, I don't coach anyone on intermittent fasting unless they already optimize their diet. Uh So it's just like a really critical step for me, for me, like in my opinion, I don't think people are ready for anything beyond a 12 hour Mm -hmm. overnight fast, Mm -hmm. which 12 hours honestly is intermittent fasting if you ask me because these days people are eating snacks until the moment all they go to bed the here maybe a, <laughs> yeah they're like addicted first of all but second like it's a habit that's hard to break I can totally relate but it's also like people are telling us you'll sleep better if you have a little snack before bed or drink you know some honey tea before right. you go to bed or all sorts of little oh, like remedies that we've learned yeah. and so everyone's consuming food or snacks or calories up until they go to sleep right. and then who, who's really sleeping eight hours today? Like, let's get real. Right. And then on top of it, they're, they're w- waking up and they're having sugar and cream and their coffee, or they're having a scone or a bagel. Okay. And so they really don't even go 12 hours ever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good baseline. I think anyone can start there. I mean, I've even had clients breastfeeding on 12 hours intermittent fast. I, I do not suggest intermittent fasting for anyone who's pregnant or nursing, because obviously you need extra nutrients you're like literally feeding for two but you also need reparative processes to go on overnight let the body do its job and and eliminate toxins and do such things and keep your metabolism functioning optimally so 
some women do really respond well to that 12 hour overnight fast, but I think it's a goal that every adult should be aiming for at the bare minimum, even if you're not interested yeah. in fasting whatsoever. Yeah. And <laughs> everything you just said resonated so, so much with me because I was, <laughs> I was that person, you know, having a little, a little snack before, before bedtime and waking up mm -hmm. and having cream and sugar in my tea or my coffee. And I could never even imagine not doing that. And now when I, when I see, you know, people online or on Instagram or anyone for the matter, having cream in their coffee in the morning or having a, you know, Oh, this is my before bedtime snack. And I'm like, cringe, like really? <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't even fathom doing that anymore. But again, it took, it, it takes time. I agree to, to get there because we're so, used to eating that way and mm, it's, it's yeah, been I mean, ingrained a yeah. lot of children are raised with a snack before bed so can you imagine yes. how much you expect that psychologically yeah. um, and then there's all sorts of triggered appetite hormones in response yes. to that habit yeah that are you know you got to break that it's not just psychological anymore there's actually a physiological thing going on so yeah it is a barrier that you need to break through but nobody just dives into intermittent fasting and is very successful unless they're doing yes. like a three day, like something extreme supervised, like fast. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's why people feel so defeated or they feel like fasting is not for them. It's like they haven't taken the prerequisite sort of steps of starting to optimize their diet, maybe cooking a little bit more, thinking about where their food is from, looking at how much fried foods and high carbohydrate foods they're consuming, how much sugar and candy and snacks and pop they're having. Mm -hmm. I and mean, your body's not going to be ready to take a break if that's what your diet is like. Mm -hmm. Your body is depending on you constantly fueling it. And that's why for so long, we all thought we couldn't go, you know, under three meals a day or without snacks in between. I used to carry around whole grain Kashi cereals in my purse all yes. the time <laughs> because I would just snack, like constantly grab it like granola, like you're just snacking on it. Yeah. And yeah. this guy I worked with, I remember I was in my early twenties and he's like, you are always eating. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like in really good shape. So I wasn't offended, but I was like, I can't believe he just said that. And, um, I look back on it and I'm like, yeah, I was literally always eating. Yeah. No, that was me. I mean, anybody who was around me always knew, like, if they needed a snack or they needed something yes. to eat, just Marty, Marty has something in her bag. You can ask her. And I always did. Like, I never disappointed. I uh -huh. always had something. And because I was afraid that, oh, my gosh, I can't be hungry. I can't be caught out there hungry with not having anything to eat. Yeah. Um, and I mean, these think days, about what that means. Like, yeah. What does that really mean? <laughs> we are so lucky in the United States, in a first world country where we have everything we need. Yes. And the people who are starving are not even starving here like they're starving in other countries. Exactly. We, don't, we haven't had a war in generations and we don't even know what it's like to be rationing without, or yeah. going without food. Yeah. And if you did and you were eating that often, like snacking all the time, constantly dependent on your, on your meals. I mean, how would you even survive a time like a war or real food deprivation? I mean, yeah. that is a big wake up call that I never, ever considered before. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I agree completely. Now, um, with, with intermittent fasting, I remember you 
posting that you were giving up coffee during your fast. And I, and I think I, mm-hmm. I messaged you about that. Like, that sounds like a good idea because I might be taking in too much coffee myself. And, and I thought that maybe I should try, you know, laying off the coffee a bit. Um, how have you, have you completely cut coffee out when you're fasting and, and how have you done that? And how do you feel? <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is a good topic. I mean, I can start here in a couple of ways, but I first would like to say that, uh, I learned that we all have caffeine metabolisms that are identified by a genetic marker and you can learn which gene you have by doing a test like the 23andMe health, not just the ancestry one, you have to do the health and ancestry profile. But Mm -hmm. you can also, if you don't want to do that whole thing, because it's a little bit over $100, you can also just order a caffeine metabolism test online. It's like a Mm -hmm. saliva test, no big deal. Mm -hmm. And what it tells you is, by the way, the 23andMe test does not tell you this on the report that you get for anyone who's listening and has done that. You have to Google search searching 23andMe raw data, raw data Mm -hmm. for caffeine metabolism, because you have to look for a very specific gene in this like hidden file of your raw data. And it'll tell you, are you a fast caffeine metabolizer or are you a slow to super slow caffeine metabolizer? And I'm Italian. So I thought like, Hey, (sighs) we drink espresso before we go to sleep. Like no big deal. Like I am fine. (laughs) I don't, I don't really do that, but all my aunts do, like it's an old school thing. (laughs) And I thought, you know, I don't get jittery when I drink coffee. I don't even really feel it. So I thought that was crazy, but I went to a cardiologist because I told him I get heart palpitations and Uh. I feel like my resting, I don't feel like I know my resting heart rate is too high. And he was really surprised and just kind of like, we should find out your caffeine metabolism. Like, oh no, like caffeine does nothing for me, whatever. And sure enough, the raw data showed me that I have this like combination of gene variants that means I slowly metabolize caffeine. So it stays in my body a lot longer. Ah. And at the half-life is an interesting concept that you may or may not remember from old school, like, you know, what is it? Chemistry where you yeah. um, learn that, something's half-life means that every, like, let's say caffeine has a six hour half-life or something, you you know, in the next six hours, it's only half of that. So in 12 hours, it's still a quarter of what it began. And when you're drinking several cups a day or every single day for on end without a break, you know, you still have caffeine in your system. So it's, it was something to consider, but I wasn't ready to give it up just yet. (laughs) It was just that I did a podcast episode on caffeine and coffee, the good and the bad and what to do about it. And in writing the research for that, I was learning all about the ways that it can benefit people because coffee and caffeine can benefit us in many ways. Considered it a nootropic, meaning it's like a natural brain drug. And for some other slow caffeine metabolizer, but also for people with ADHD, it can slow blood flow to the hippocampus, which is the part of the brain that we use for lots of daily, like self-management sort of tasks and Mm -hmm. emotional regulation. Mm -hmm. And when you have ADHD, you want your hippocampus to be working a little better. Right. And um, not to get too nerdy on you all that, you know, 
in combination with me learning about my caffeine metabolism, I realized like, what am I doing? Like, this is so out of line with what I want for myself. And I know that, cause I quit caffeine in the past, just mm -hmm. like for a cleanse or to see how, you know, dependent I was on it. You don't want to quit cold Turkey, everybody, because you'll get a <laughs> massive headache. You got to like right. wean off of it. Right. And I was like, I think I feel less stressed, but I wasn't that clear on it. So as soon as I defined that I had a slow caffeine meta metabolism and I also learned about the ADHD thing, I was ready to do it again. And I clearly noticed, yes, my stress is so much lower, wow. which helped with my resting heart rate, helped with my stress tolerance. I mean, I'm just the kind of person that even if my life isn't hard, like I don't even have kids. So I feel like I have no excuse. Like, what is your excuse, lady? But I just, I don't handle a lot of stress too well. And when you're trying to build your own business or do something new with your life, that, that transition can be a very stressful time. Yeah. And I was really ready to do it. And it made a huge difference, Marty. But I'd like to take this more in the direction of intermittent fasting as well, because I did switch to Swiss water decaf coffee. And decaf still has some caffeine in it but it also was my morning drink. So yeah. I teach bulletproof intermittent fasting for everyone starting out. Mm -hmm. I say that it's fine for you to have coffee blended with butter and MCT oil. I of course teach them that if they are trying to lose weight to try and do just one teaspoon of each or just try a teaspoon of coconut oil instead. Mm -hmm. And it makes it so much more enjoyable. It's more similar to what you're used to drinking and it doesn't necessarily break your fast or stop autophagy. Um, there, there's, I don't know, lots of ways we can go into that, but we don't right. have to. The point is it's easier to do. It's more enjoyable and you still are fasting and it is a great way to start. Mm -hmm. So after a while, you know, people who have a lot of weight to lose or want to see where they can take the, the intermittent fasting, the next level, it's a great idea to drop the coffee. And that's what I've done. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, I'm not quitting. I'm not, this is not like some big self experiment. I just felt so good that I could not have it some days and have it the other days and not even care. And not, like it was yeah. freeing, you know, yeah. like I felt like I got to have my coffee before I leave the house. Like, even though it was decaf, <laughs> right. it was like this big ritual, yeah. which is fine. I know there's tons of enjoyment there. I've definitely lived that and I probably will again, but it, you know, I can get out the door faster in the morning. I can work out in the morning without this big lull where like, Oh, I got to drink my coffee. Right. You know, like it's this whole thing. Yeah. So oh, yeah, right now I'm just okay. kind of, yeah, some days on some days off. It's almost always decaf except on the weekends. I'll have regular coffee. Hmm. So, okay. <laughs> lots to think about. I'm sure. But yeah, those episodes, I think it's number 28 of our foundation of wellness podcast. If anyone's interested, it's a two part episode because there was a lot to unpack there, but yeah. you know, then you can just start making your own decision. And I think that when you're intermittent fasting, if you are doing one meal a day, like any type of fasting, the black coffee can be really harsh. It's, it's harsh for me. It gives mm -hmm. me this almost heartburn type of feeling. Mm -hmm. um, if mm -hmm. I could describe it anyway, it's almost like this unsettled burning, like in my chest plate. And, mm -hmm. um, it's just surprising to me. I, you know, I didn't think I would have that reaction. So that's not an option for me. Yeah. And I think just blending in a teaspoon of coconut oil is awesome. And there are lots of benefits there. And it's not like you're going the whole butter MCT route. So but there's lots of ways you can do it. But you still, if, you, if you're feeling plateaued in your fast, 
fasting regime or whatever, you're not like reaching your goals anymore. It's yeah. kind of a plateau point for you. Then I say skipping the coffee in the morning All is together. changing it up, surprising your body. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's good to change it up. Cycling any in relation to your diet or fast is very smart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's so interesting that you talk about the bulletproof coffee while you're fasting because, um, so what I used to do was add, you know, the dash of cream and, and I'm sure you're familiar with, um, the complete guide to fasting, um, book mm-hmm. by Dr. Fung and he talks yeah. about the dash of, you know, of cream that you Heavy can cream. add. Mm-hmm. And, and I used to do that and I, and I realized that I reached a plateau and I wasn't, um, mm-hmm. reaching my goals and then I I decided okay I'm gonna do black coffee and at first mm-hmm. it was just like ugh, black coffee who does <laughs> that right and um and then but then over time I I got used to it and I totally swear by it now and I tell everybody like don't put anything in your coffee mm-hmm. if you are trying to lose weight you really need to to uh, clean fast don't add any cream or bulletproof or mct oil nothing just just go go with it black you know and but it's interesting yeah. to hear you talk about how you teach um for especially for beginners who are starting off and who and and you're right who may have um who may feel like black coffee is very harsh on their body um and giving them heartburn and and, and all of that and and um using bulletproof coffee to kind of go with that you know ease their way yeah it's just kind of like Mm -hmm. it's almost like a meal replacement without necessarily breaking your fast Mm -hmm. but it is going to provide exogenous fats so it's like fats from outside your body that your body can use for energy so in turn it's not making you break down body fat for energy Mm. so that's why a lot of fasting experts say no, no heavy cream, nothing in your coffee. And it's true. But again, what I teach is intermittent fasting for long-term results mm-hmm. for long-term success. Mm-hmm. I, if we treat this like a, the fad diet, everyone thinks it is, it's going to go nowhere. Right. And it's a lifestyle. That's, yes, that's exactly. what you and I have discovered yeah. in our own experiences. It's like, I will never go back yeah. no to way. eating breakfast every single day. Yeah. <laughs> no and I eat it trust me like I always teach my my clients that it's good to have breakfast once a week when you're you know you're you want to go to a diner with your kids yeah, or you want to go you know you're out of town or your friends want to go to brunch like not only for the social aspect but your metabolism will start getting used to your habits yes. and adapt yeah and it gets stuck so it's good to change it up and enjoy life as it comes but i don't want you ordering pancakes and syrup at your breakfast okay <laughs> i love that oh, please don't i love that i always say pancakes and syrup for breakfast is like a slice of birthday cake and i don't know why anybody looks at it differently would you give your kids birthday cake for breakfast i don't think so they wouldn't mind eating it though right <laughs> oh they'll love it they'll love it so let's talk a bit about food as if we haven't been talking about (laughs) the most common question I get is what do you eat tell me exactly what you eat so I can eat it too and 
you've lost so much weight. What are you doing? I need a step-by-step, right? I need a mm-hmm. meal plan. I need an organized list of what to do. But what I, um, I find that, you know, what I eat may not work for somebody else and what they eat may not work for me. How do you, how do you approach this idea of meal planning and list and, and, and planning for, especially because you also work with clients Mm -hmm. and, and what is Marisa Moon normally breaking her fast with? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I eat a huge variety of foods. I have to say, I mean, I'm, there's probably two types of people, people who eat the same thing, like several days a week and every week it repeats itself. Yeah. Um, and then there's people like me who is just creative with food, intuitive and, and just finds it all interesting enough to explore constantly. And it's not like I spend all my time in the kitchen. I love doing that and I would like to do that more, but yeah. I, um, you know, one day if I'm in a hurry, I could literally just grab a plastic tub of mixed greens and a can of sardines and I have lemon and olive oil at work and I will just, literally make a salad with sardines at work and that's it. That's what I break my fast with. Okay. And sometimes I will break my fast with leftover stew or I eat a lot of like slow cooked or pressure cooked meats with a lot of connective tissue in them. Those are the cheaper Mm. cuts, but those are the ones that have more nutrients in them. And all my meat is locally sourced from an amazing family of farms. Sevensons.net is where people can go if they live anywhere in the Midwest you can um, nice. buy from a regenerative farm. It's amazing what they're doing um, to help regenerate the earth and eliminate greenhouse gases just by raising animals in a way that mimics uh, natural patterns in the wild. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we get so many nutrients from eating different cuts of meat. So I think the dieting world has gotten us all into just eating chicken breast yes. and <laughs> eating salmon as like the only fatty animal product. And Still, people are afraid of egg yolks, but unfortunately, that is all based upon, you know, just insufficient science and Mm -hmm. exaggerated claims, like just confused by the media and just popular assumption. And and we have so much to gain from broadening the types of animal foods that we eat. And in nature, animals and humans will fight over the fattier cuts and the organs and the the yolks and all those richer parts of the animal so it's important and in my house we eat a lot of bone broth based stews and slow cooked meats and then um, vegetables can be anywhere from salads to just the typical roasted broccoli or roasted peppers and Mm. I'm lucky I don't have other food sensitivities I, I just I try to limit grains we'll have some keto bread And I usually don't make my own. I'm like obsessed with these two. One is from Fox Hill Kitchens called Awesome Buns. They're pretty amazing and low carb. (laughs) And they taste a lot like bread. But the one that tastes the most like bread is called Yez Foods, Y-E-Z apostrophe. And Yez Foods makes these little loaves of bread that are just like real bread. I don't know how they do it. It's amazing. But <laughs> they're, they're kind of small. So, you know, you're not like slicing it up and making sandwiches. But it's sure, just like everyone else, I enjoy a piece when I have something saucy. I want to sop up the sauce. Like, yes. it's nice to have those around. Uh. Yeah. But those are really like <laughs> treats. We don't eat a lot of dessert in my house. My husband loves vegetables and meats uh, of all kind. We don't have dairy intolerances or lactose intolerances. So even though when I first went gluten-free, I had to give up dairy. Um, a lot of people will find that when they first 
find out they have a gluten intolerance, they'll also have a dairy intolerance. It's because the gluten molecules, which are plant proteins in the wheat and in other grains, then the casein protein in dairy Mm -hmm. is very similar molecular, molecular structure. So there's this thing called molecular mimicry where your body starts reacting to the other molecule, even though it's not gluten. And you just have to give your gut time to heal. I had a leaky gut. Mm. Very common when you have IBS or undiagnosed food sensitivity. So once I gave up dairy for, I don't know, it was probably six months, I slowly started introducing it in um, a very specific way, like starting with butter and then going into hard cheeses or raw milk, hard cheeses because they're cultured and uh, working your way into fermented things like kefir and yogurt and always, always whole milk or heavy cream is going to have less lactose, less casein, anything with a higher fat concentration. So is less reactive for people. And that was a great path for me to take because I slowly realized, you know, I could still have any dairy that I wanted without any reaction. And then I found out from my 23andMe that I still produce lactase, which is the enzyme to, to break down lactose. So it's just fun now that I don't really have to worry about much except for gluten we don't eat a lot of grains, but that's because I really believe in a primal paleo ancestral template. And I think that if we had to go harvest our own food in the wild, there's no way we could get enough grains to make, you know, breads and full plates full of yeah. full of those foods. It's just, uh, you know, unrealistic and a little bit harsh on the gut. So, yeah I, yeah, I wish I could tell you exactly. But honestly, Marty, I don't provide meal plans for my clients. Health coaches aren't even you know, allowed because dietitians yeah, and nutritionists mm-hmm. are, are really the licensed ones to make personalized individual meal plans. But mm-hmm. I, I do give them a template like the paleo template, the primal template. And I have an entire slideshow 30 minutes long inside my course, intermittent fasting freedom, where people see all the swaps that you can make. So you can lower your carb intake without going keto or low carb. I'm just teaching yeah. them like, what do you have instead of noodles? What do you have instead of bread? What do you have instead of taco shells? So I have like yeah. a whole slideshow of like swaps. I call it smart carb swaps. And it's a good way to open up people's mind to how they can build a plate now without two slices of bread, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, because we're so used to eating a lot of carbs. Like, And, and I'm Caribbean and I talk about this all the time. Like we eat a lot of rice. We love rice. We love breads, and and I I still eat a lot of that. But um, now that I'm practicing intermittent fasting and OMAD, I I I don't eat it as much. Yeah, as I used to. yeah. And I and I noticed a huge difference in how I feel and my energy and my and it's not that I've given it up. I still eat it, but it's. I mean, we used to <laughs> we would have that almost at every meal, you know. Exactly. And, and so now that I know better, I'm able to do better and live a, a healthier, um, a healthier life. So it's, it's been really great. It's been really, really good for me. Yeah, you should be proud. Um, and it's, it's a, st- yeah. it still is a staple in our house, white basmati rice. We buy organic white Indian basmati rice because it's the lowest oh, in arsenic yeah. and lower yeah. glycemic index. And honestly, for us, that's just sheer enjoyment. I don't want to have to give yeah. up of these things and, and uh, it makes a great uh, thing to pair with other saucy dishes and yes. meats. It's just awesome. Yeah. So, so we'll definitely eat that. My husband will eat it pretty much every day. 
and I'll mm-hmm. eat it probably sometimes I'll eat it twice a day. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I won't eat it for a few days straight. And I notice Marty, maybe you do too. I notice when I'm eating too many carbs again, because I start yeah. making lots of exceptions. I'll have like a dark chocolate peanut butter cup and then I'll have this low sugar ice cream, but I eat the whole pint and then I'll have, yeah. you know, gluten-free <laughs> bread instead of paleo bread and I'll have rice at every meal. And then all of a sudden, all I'm thinking about are carbs. All yeah, I want are yes. carbs. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I want chips. I have this craving for chips or like I'm at a restaurant. I'm like, oh my God, I really want mashed potatoes or fries. Like, you know, right. at least I do. Yeah. I know when it's getting out of hand and I just it's getting out of hand. It back yeah. for a few days and I'm just right yeah. back on track. Yeah. And your body lets you know too, like, because you're just not feeling your best. Yeah, your body is always, you know, letting you know, like, okay, ease up. It's time to take a break from this, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of nutrients and how you get your nutrients, I I get questions about supplements. And to be honest, I don't take any supplements. I feel like um, I'm getting what I need from the foods that I eat. Um, what are your thoughts on this? And and what do you? How do you do? You take supplements? Do you recommend them? How do you? Um, well, deal with that. There's a few things to consider just how much our soil nutrient density has changed. Like in farming, the plants can only take up as much nutrients as available in the soil. And mm-hmm. because of other things in our diet that I shouldn't get into, it's too nerdy, like different types of plant toxins like phytic acid that binds to nutrients, goitrogens mm-hmm. binds to iodine. So some things are difficult to get in our diet. And mm-hmm. Also, that many of us don't live close enough to the equator or spend enough time outside. So it's difficult to get enough vitamin D. It's difficult to get enough magnesium. And Mm -hmm. it's difficult to get enough vitamin K2 and iodine. Now, a lot Mm -hmm. of people use iodized salt. But if you switch to sea salt, like we did in my house, you have to get iodine from seaweed. Or, you know, it's not the best thing to supplement but they even have like little seaweed shakers that are like salt shakers that you can just sprinkle on your food that's what we do okay and vitamin d we both take i mean the darker your skin is marty the more that you are likely to be deficient in vitamin d Mm -hmm. so we Mm -hmm. do take that in our house and we take magnesium glycinate it's a more absorbable form and we take let's see Vitamin K2, a lot of times you can get vitamin D3 and K2 combined. And you can also just take liver, desiccated liver capsules, which will provide a lot of the nutrients I'm talking about now. Uh, Liver Mm -hmm. is just an incredible full spectrum of micronutrients. So you can get your your fatty, fat-soluble vitamins like A, D, E, and K from there, and then copper and, and iron and all sorts of amazing things that we really are missing because let's face it, most people are not eating a big variety of foods. They're not eating a wide range of animal products either. And most of the absorbable forms of those vitamins are in animal products. They're not as accessible in plant products. So even if someone says, oh, kale is so rich in vitamin K or spinach is so rich in vitamin K, that's a different form of vitamin K. And Mm -hmm. we just cannot utilize it as well. So we're talking about as low as 10% of that is actually getting absorbed. Absorbed. Yeah. So that needs to be considered. And and the B vitamins, if you're, if you're cutting out red meat altogether, you know, it's, it's likely that you can be short on B complex and B12. And Mm. that's why people feel so much better when they supplement with B vitamins. I'm totally with you though. Like I don't love that. I have to 
supplement and I think I mm-hmm. can get it all from my diet, but I'm just being, I'm just facing it. Like, Hey, yeah. I don't spend yeah. enough time outside and yeah. I'm not eating liver every week, even though I love liver worst or liver moose, I just don't like eating liver. And so yeah. unless I, you know, be sure to buy that every time of I'm shopping for meat and I find a good clean source, I'm really not having it often enough to supply me with all of those nutrients. And yeah. so those are easy to test for. And I, I definitely think there's some reasoning there to, to do that. I do like fatty fish sardines. When you eat whole sardines in the can, you're eating the delicate little bones. You can't even tell when you're eating it. It doesn't taste yeah. like bones in the skins. And those have huge omega-3 fatty acids. And so does salmon. But salmon roe is amazing for that if you can get your hands on some. And otherwise, supplementing with omega-3s is a great move for most people, especially like krill oil or high DHA, um, you know, really thoughtfully sourced um, omega-3s is smart for a lot of people to do. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Wow. Guys, I told you, like, she's so full (laughs) of so much good information and knowledge. I've learned so much from you today, Marisa. Oh, thank you. I feel like uh, I have you all to myself. (laughs) I feel like the the foundation of wellness podcast is right here in my living room. I love it. It's awesome. I really enjoyed our conversation. But before I let you go, uh, Marisa, your your podcast is called The Foundation of Wellness, and I wanted to end with you sharing with us what wellness means to you. Oh, I love that question. Well, mm-hmm. I think as a woman, many of us can relate when I say that wellness is a deep feeling of contentment and peace and satisfaction because a lot of the things that we struggle with with our health puts us in a state of disease, like we don't enjoy our day-to-day life. We feel Mm -hmm. discontent. We feel unsatisfied with ourselves and with our life. And so if you had to like boil it down to one thing, it would be a sense of happiness, peace, like contentment, not happiness, like, yeah, I'm smiling all the time, just Mm -hmm. satisfaction, you know, like with the way things are. And a lot of time what's going on mentally or what's going on physiologically with our illness or disorders in any way, it's making us feel unwell. And I think wellness is a full spectrum, uh, you know, plan to embark on because if you don't fix your sleep or your stress or you're Mm -hmm. inactive or you're not creative or you have toxic relationships, your nutrition can really only take you so far and you still will feel empty inside. So it's so important. I just um, wanted to say too, before we wrap up Marty, that I do have Mm -hmm. a free, free guide to intermittent fasting. It's my four steps to successful intermittent fasting. It's the four step method that I use in my course. And now you can get the PDF guide and free coaching videos from me with that. So you can go to marisamoon.com slash IF freedom. And Marisa is with one S kind of like Marissa, just one S. So marisamoon.com slash IF freedom and, I'm sure your listeners would enjoy that because it's really like a nice way to ease into it or it might like wake them up to a few of the concepts I introduced today and just make them decide like, is that right for me? Is this what I want to try? So that's fantastic. Thank you. That was going to be my next point is where can we find more (laughs) of Marisa's (laughs) information and all her. So I'm glad you, you, um, you let us know where that is. And, and also your IG handle is, is it? 
It's Marisa underscore moon underscore. Somebody stole Marisa moon okay. from me. So I had to do that. <laughs> so yeah, there's a couple of underscores in there, but you can definitely find me. It says intermittent fasting in my, in my bio. So you'll know it's me. And I love Instagram. I think out of all the social media channels. So that is where I spend more of my time, but it's, it's not easy for me to get everything out there. So I do love to send people to my podcast because it's a great representation of yes. the full spectrum of, you know, philosophies and kind of concepts that I cherish and I want to share. And it's the best way to get information out in a convenient format because you can listen while you're driving or doing chores and you can pick up right where you left off and it's just so much easier so I'm glad you're doing yeah. one too Marty this is great yeah it's so much fun and that's how I listen too is just doing chores driving the kids around um, exactly you know, it's it's really great and and guys I will put um Marisa's information in the show notes so you can if you didn't quite get it here you can go online and and um and and find find her information in the show notes i'll put that in there thank you marisa thank you so much for coming on i really really enjoyed this there was so much good information here that you talked about and i'm so glad you were able to come on and share this with us great oh i appreciate you thanks for giving me the platform to share and i hope that your listeners walked away with one or two things that they actually can apply reasonably yes. because it's a lot of it's a lot of information that's that's how it is when you get yeah. into this stuff it's just info overload but the important yeah. thing is for you to start where it's bothering you the most what is the yeah. thing that is nagging you the most or will make you feel the most relief if you can uncover or you know just adapt and I think that's a good place to start for anyone and the rest can wait absolutely well, thank you so much. Thank you, Marisa. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Bye, Marty. Bye. Bye. Well, we've come to the end of another OMAD Mama podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this information useful. Please don't forget to share it with your friends. Please also subscribe, rate, and comment. I'd really appreciate it. Please remember that this podcast is not to be used as your source for medical advice. If you have any medical questions or concerns, please talk to your doctor or medical provider. And before you go, check out the OMAD Mama website at www.omadmama.com. You'll find the OMAD Mama blog where I talk about the latest topics hitting the OMAD and fasting world, as well as my OMAD recipes that are quick, easy, and family friendly. You can also always find me on Instagram at omad underscore mama underscore love. Or send me an email at marty, M-A-R-T-I-E, at omadmama.com. Let me know what you think of the podcast. I'd really love to hear from you. Mm-hmm.